Alright. Truck customer 15. It's been a minute. I'm sorry. It's, uh, <laughs> it's one thing or the other, and things not lining up, and then other things pop up that I gotta do, and all that jazz. So I, I do apologize, but you all understand. Starting to warm up. It was like, uh, I don't know, 178 degrees today. Uh, then the rain came. And now it's back up to 87 with 140% humidity. Um, welcome to North Carolina. But, uh, you know, things are heating up. Uh, match season is getting, getting in full swing. Uh, I, I need to... I got to figure out some matches I can shoot. Uh, just got a lot of stuff planned this year. And I feel like... You hear some people say there's there's matches popping up everywhere. Then I just feel like there's there's fewer matches some somehow. I, I don't know. But uh, yeah, we got uh, this week past weekend we had the uh, Vitor Shaolin Hibiero uh, Jiu Jitsu seminar at our sister school uh, Tiger Rock Martial Arts um, in High Point, North Carolina. Um, if you don't know who. Uh, Vitor Shaolin, it's Ribiero is how it's spelled, but it's pronounced with an H, Ribiero. Um, he is a 24-year black belt, um, six-degree black belt. Um, he is a IBJJF Hall of Famer. He is also one of the top people in our association um the rmnu which stands for hobson mora nations united uh shaolin uh, and hobson grew up together and were doing jiu-jitsu together since they were kids and um so they're really tight in there so he's kind of one of the i guess the second dudes top of the list in our association he's when I say he's a Hall of Famer, that it doesn't really paint a true picture of what that man knows um, and what he's seen and what he can teach. Um, he's te he teaches out of Manhattan. He's amazing. It, I'm not going to go too far into it, but I will use this as a time to... Uh, I'll use this as an example and take this time to uh, explain something that can help all of you whether you do jiu-jitsu or not if you are going to a jiu-jitsu seminar if you if you're, you're in your first two three years or even more in jiu-jitsu and you go to a seminar where it's like a weekend thing or if it's a precision rifle course and you're in the first couple years of shooting like you kind of got an idea of what to do maybe you haven't shot a match maybe you shot a couple of them um or it could be anything, any type of seminar or learning situation. There's the human ability to absorb, maintain, and, and recollect information given in that short amount of time, whether it be a day, a two or three day time frame. It's really hard unless you have a recording of it that where you can go back and, and reference it and you could go back and watch the footage 10 times and hear 10 new things that you didn't the last time. Uh, 
the the best way that I have found to have been going through a few jiu-jitsu seminars and um, precision rifle courses is almost I don't want to use the word throw away but almost put on the back burner the things that either a you're not ready for or or b don't affect you right then um, but you need to capitalize on the the aspects whether you take two to five things away that directly affect you in your game whether it be jiu-jitsu whether it be shooting or whether it be a fucking checkers seminar i don't fucking know take those three to five things like write them down and immediately apply them to whatever it is that you're doing because if you can walk away from a seminar with three to five things that boom i've got it it's nailed i've got it dialed that is a, a benefit that you're going to see immediately and hey it that may mean that you go to either the same course or a very similar course or just more courses and once you've got those three things you got from the last one down and hammered out now it's time to pick up three to five new things okay because so you've got those other ones committed to memory you put them in your general practice whenever you're taking part in that activity you've got it nailed but those are now come without even thinking right now it's time for some new ones so then you do the same thing again you know and after a few courses or seminars or whatever you have accumulated a a large knowledge base in that area and you will see those those will pay dividends you will not be able to if you're thirsty okay you're 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 pretty thirsty and you want to drink a water you're not going to go and crack open a fire hydrant and stick your face in front of it but that's how it feels sometimes in these jiu-jitsu seminars or, or be a training a, a precision rifle course or maybe even a pistol carbine course or a field craft course you name it anything anything that you can go to and learn uh, from someone with a much greater um, knowledge than you you can it will feel like a fire hose or a fire hydrant in your face and you, that means you don't get any drinks of water no you you freaking drowned and it's then you feel like well crap what did I take away from I just spent the whole weekend and I spent you know 250 rounds shooting but I can't tell you really one thing that I that I remember that I can apply and help myself. Well, that's because you try to take in all of it instead of the things, something that you know that you can retain and, and apply, right? That covers every facet of whatever hobby, profession, skill set, what have you. That's what I found because I've taken dog training seminars I've taken jiu-jitsu seminars. I've taken uh, obviously precision rifle courses. I have taken uh, uh, soccer camp when I was in high school. Uh, soccer camps. It I've, I've, for everything because I'm always. <laughs> whenever you're no longer wanting to pick up something new and learn something, you are either either your attitude is in the wrong place or 
your heart is in the wrong place and you really don't care about getting better at said thing anymore. Like maybe just burn out on it, right? Um, but the next thing that you pick up that you fit, you find yourself wanting that knowledge again, right? Well, you, you never need to no longer want to learn something. If you do, it's time to quit. If you feel that way, it's time to, to move on or take a break, come back to it, right? Your precision rifle matches will be around for a very long time. Jiu-Jitsu will be around for a very long time. Whatever it is, your, your, your checkers uh, game, will, checkers will be around for a very long time. Uh, but you, you always need to be looking to learn and better yourself and, and be that forever student. Um, because even the ones that are teaching those things uh, will tell you that they love picking up new things and they they don't care where they pick it up from. Um, you know, Shaolin had basically made a comment about how how he some he's learned things from blue belts who would just like do something a different way and he'll see and say, wait, 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 go back and show me that again. And he'll be like, I've, I've never thought of, of approaching that in this way. This is a man who has, if he, heaven forbid, ever had dementia, he will forget and then retain. If he has dementia, he'll remember more than a blue belt, any blue belt on the planet would ever know. Like, that's he is a, a walking thesaurus when it comes to jiu-jitsu. But yet he can, he has that mindset and that, that, that heart of, I, I'll learn from anyone and I learn from everywhere. You never stop learning. Um, and that goes for precision rifle too. That's why I do like taking some, I've taken a couple of fundamentals courses. Well, it's like, well, well, how many times do you need to go over the fundamentals? Well, a lot, everyone needs to do them a lot. So, uh, that's, you know, in shooting it's, it's, the fundamentals of shooting, the fundamentals of marksmanship apply to all facets of shooting and you can never be reminded of them enough. It just doesn't work that way. So you know, be a student. But enough about that. Uh, one thing I do want to touch on before I move away from jiu-jitsu, I'm sorry I forgot your name, I forgot who it was, but I did get an email recently from a podcast listener who said that He's decided to take the plunge, start jiu-jitsu, and, and start his kids in jiu-jitsu, and because of the podcast, which I want to say that I'm super humbled by, and it's been kind of like a personal goal of mine is to to get people who maybe wouldn't have, or maybe they were thinking about it or on the fence about it, and get pushing them over the fence into the getting into the jiu-jitsu game, um, and especially get their kids in it because it's. Even if I quit jiu-jitsu tomorrow, my son will not. And he, not that he'd even want to because he loves it more than anything. And he's freaking good at it. Like he has a real talent for jiu-jitsu. And uh, that to me is the best thing ever is kids doing jiu-jitsu because I love teaching the kids. So I, as you know, I teach the juniors, the uh, five through eight year olds, uh, which my son being one of them, and it is, I, I love coaching them in jiu-jitsu because I see firsthand their development in it and what what it offers them and what they take home with them. Not just the ability of self-defense, but self-confidence. Hey, this is a really hard thing and I just nailed it. Like I just did it and I did it right and it worked. And that is something is so rewarding. But 
he asked the the listener reached out and was like, "Hey, I want to do it, but um, this is where I live. Can you tell me the where I need to go?" And I was, I mean, as soon as I looked at where he was, I was like, "Holy shit, you've got." world-class jiu-jitsu all around you down there that part of florida he was in and i was like jesus have your fucking pick because you've got and i said you need to look at the ones that are closest to you because they're all good but then you will find um you will find that maybe your kid fits into this place better than this place right um not that you'd probably get any lesser of instruction at any of the places because they're all world class, but this this particular place may be fitting for you more than the next place. Um, it may not be the one closest to your house, but it would be worth it to you to go the ex drive the extra freaking ten miles to go to the other place if it's a better fit for your kid. And you and your kid will will know um, after a couple classes. So try it out. Um, but anyway, I was really honored that he, you know, felt comfortable enough to ask me to do that and that I was really happy to hear that he, that my podcast helped lent him in the direction of, of taking that journey, or at least for his kids, because um, it's awesome. Um, all right, I wasn't really going to talk about this prior to having uh, Rick, Sam, and Christian back on, but they will be back on soon. Uh, Rick is actually in Norway. He may have just recently gotten back, but I know he took... Uh, trip to Norway after getting my rifle out back to me um, he went on a uh, I believe a moose hunt and shot a match a precision rifle match over there and I'm sure he had a blast and um, but I got the rifle back and let me tell you complete game changer and I hate you know I've said it before I hate that term not the name of the, the shooting bag but just how the term game changer is so thrown around nowadays um, but it it really is as far as an an AI of what you'd want a competition AI to, to feel like it's knocked out of the park. The butt stock, the vision butt stock on the AI, it feels so good. Well, look, there was nothing wrong with the AX butt stock. I really I really like the AX butt stock. I mean, it felt good. It adjusted well. Uh, fit me great you know there's there's options for bag riders uh, with the age of 3d printers a tons of different people have their renditions of a bag rider to go to the bottom of the pick rail that's on the bottom of all the the ai butt stocks and such but i will say that the you're gonna see adjustable bag riders in the next year or so you're already seeing them pop up more but you're gonna see them come to where they're almost a standard feature now, kind of like the way it was a big deal for a butt stock or a a, a, um, a rifle stock rear section or you know rear section of a chassis to have an adjustable comb height, so your cheek piece. Now that's like standard as hell. That's as standard as you're gonna get. And I think you're gonna see that become standard in the near future with new renditions and designs of butt stocks because of the versatility that you have for rear bag and the lack of need to adjust bipod height if you have let's say two different inclinations of targets from the same shooting position i've mentioned it before instead of okay i gotta go up 
My, 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 my rear bag is not gonna really change sizes, okay? It's, it is, yeah, you can turn it over one way or the other, but it's not gonna change sizes. It's not modular, so, at least not on a clock. I mean, you can take fill out or add fill in it, but that doesn't really make it modular. But let's say you've got a target that, okay, I need the front end higher and then the, the back end lowered for that target, but the, my close target, it needs to be the opposite. Instead of dicking around with bipod legs, reaching all out in front and, and wasting all that time and stretching and maybe able to get it, you have to maybe have to break your position to get to it, all that stuff. You don't even have to break your position for the, the rear of the rifle to then change to where, all right, my bipod doesn't need to be touched. I've got it right there, the legs right there in the middle to where at, for all intents and purposes, I can change the height of my gun with the bag rider and even more efficiently than I could with a bipod. And then the same rear bag works across the board. Um, I know there's been a couple of times where that has absolutely bit me in the ass and it, this buttstock or a, a adjustable bag rider style buttstock would have uh, greatly helped me in that on that one stage or where maybe that costs two shots or three shots uh, in an entire match but how many times have you seen how you wish you had three shots back because that would put you up 25 you know places closer to the top just just by three three shots three impacts were the difference you know that big a difference it happens all the time. I mean, one one round will make a big difference. So, um, to me, it that it just that buttstock feels so good. Um, now, the only thing that I've had to do with it was the cheek piece. If you heard Frank talk about on one of his, I think it was one of his live streaming videos that he's got going on now. I'm talking about the vision chassis that he's got a terminus in I think his rings are low enough to where he's got his his cheek rest as low as it goes and he wants to be able to use the thumb on the back of the of the uh, bolt shroud um, and then that whole hand the way he cycles a bolt or whatever he because the terminus is a 60 degree bolt throw that makes it a lot easier to do that than it would be say a 90 degree I don't do that on the AI because, well, the, the firing pin indicator, indicator is coming out the back, and I'm not doing that. So, But regardless, you know that the AI has a, a big, beefy bolt shroud. That's where our safety is, all that stuff. Because it's an AT, I've got the low rail. And I have, even though I have inch and a half uh, mount, the, the new um, embrace mount from ARC, I have to have my cheek. Uh, rest as low as base as I can go and that cheek rest was designed more for like Remington 700 stuff and it the bolt shroud would hit the uh, front of the cheek piece before clearing what would be a cartridge so it literally I took the cheek the, the, the cheek piece off the gun and literally took sandpaper and sanded it down like I didn't cut anything I just sanded it down and it's perfect I've got clearance now if I needed the cheek rest up a lot higher then the bolt shroud would go up underneath it so that won't be an issue so if you're going 
once this hits the market, um, if you're going from like an AX to a Vision chassis or whatever, and you want this uh, this buttstock, you probably won't have this problem because your cheek rest is going to be high enough to clear the bolt shroud. But it's such a minute problem, and it uh, looking at it, you would never know that I did anything to it. Like even upon close inspection, you would you would not know that anything was done to it. And I literally took a 30 second of, of an inch off of it by sanding it with like 800 grit sandpaper. So, um, but other than that, the grit panels feel awesome. I've got, now I've got the, on the grit panels, I have the uh, supply, I guess it's separate, but the vision thumb rest for the grit panels, I have that on and I will use that. But even if I didn't, with the MDT Elite Grip, there's like a perfect thumb, like, I think I can say this. The sides of the grip panels are very slim. So, and that Elite, um, the MDT Elite grip is really beefy. There's like a perfect thumb shelf just on the top of the grip right there because of those grip panels being very, uh, like, narrow profile that I wouldn't even have to have the uh, little vision thumb, uh, thumb rest there. I've got it on there because it does feel good, but I can shoot it just as good without it, and my thumb just floats and sits right on top of that MDT Elite grip, and it feels phenomenal. Um, and this is just a um, shout out to Rick. The Cerakote job that he did on my rifle is the fucking cat's pajamas. It is gangster. So I told him I wanted to do a I told him I want to do a splinter camo with black FDE and Patriot Brown and he, he knocked it out of the park like I wouldn't change a thing it looks so good um and it it's I got the long obviously my the, the long top rail cover but I also got him to do the short night vision bridge that in case I ever want to take the uh the long top uh cover off I can put that, that short night vision bridge on and then it's it's ready to go and um, if I need to cut weight for some reason on the rifle or I don't know why I would ever want it but I, I got it while I was getting it anyway so um, so I also got Rick to since he had my gun there I'd sent it back to him with the 223 bolt and uh, he cut a just by looking at the bolt and I was I told him like look there's gonna be some I know there's some geometry differences in this chamber because well the ai is just not meant to feed 223 um and he said i'll take a look at it and see what we can do and his first his first rendition of that chamber it it feeds perfectly um it's a 28 inch proof because he just stocks proof barrels it's a 28 inch proof uh m24 contour and I shot, I shot, let's see, the Spark Munition 70, excuse me, 77 grain ammo um, through it. And it literally looks like someone took a pencil and poked a hole in the paper. That was rounds four, five, and six down the barrel. Um, <laughs> so it like rounds one, two, and three was to, you know, you know, get on paper and get it, you know, basically zeroed. Rounds four, five, and six was like a six five like a one shot six five hole um perfectly round they stacked on top of each other 
and the barrel hammers. And then I shot the, that was with the Spark munitions ammo. Then I shot the Federal 77 grain. This is ammo I've had for a while, back when I used to have a 223 in my, uh, my Hancock rifle. Uh, the 77 grain Federal ammo, just as good. The 73 grain Burger Federal ammo, um, it shot just as good. And so what my hope was, I put my barrel tuner on it and started shooting and wanted to see how like the cheap plinking ammo shot in it. Like 55 grain American Eagle or Fiocchi bullshit. And I was like, if I can get an inch out of this, I will be happy just to shoot positional at 100 yards, craft drill type stuff. And uh, I didn't go, I didn't have time when I was shooting it. I didn't go through the tuner trying to tune it but just had the tuner on it and shot some groups with it that shit that shit shoots like absolute dog shit which to be expected 55 grain who knows what projectile crimped dirty ass brass i mean it's just cheap ass ammo and i've got so much of it so i was like let's see if i can get this to work and it was probably an inch and three quarter maybe and maybe I can tighten it up to an inch with a tuner once I start going through the tuner settings. That's my hope. If I can get it shooting an inch, then I can have fun. Um, and yes, like I said, it's uber cheap. I have it. I did just place another order for a few hundred rounds of the uh, Spark 77 grain and the 73, was that 73 or 75 grain they had. I forgot what it was. Um, 68 grain i can't remember but it's another precision type ammo just lighter obviously for ga gas gun type stuff and um, i'm hoping that's going to shoot well because it's it's priced pretty good for for training ammo i mean you're not going to get creedmoor or 308 ammo for that price so you know that's it's good enough for me and i've got the 75s the 75 grain eldms to start loading in uh, the Lapula brass. I've got, I think, three or four hundred rounds of Lapula 223 brass, and I've got a few of the 88s that I'm gonna try as well. It's a it's a 223 wild chamber, so 556 works, um, and then you can shoot the heavies, throw it out pretty long in that wild chamber, and um, I, I can't wait to really get to spend time on it. I've, I shot three barrels it, like the day that I got it back. I, I shot the 223 barrel first. I put on my new Dasher barrel and wanted to shoot some uh, fire forming, uh, like basically false shouldered fire forming loads. I think I got like 30 rounds down it before I took it off. And then I put my current Dasher barrel, it's got about a thousand rounds on it. I put that back on and then I changed powder. I still got Varget, but I want to save that for possibly for 223. And I'm sh I did a whole new, I scrubbed the barrel, which I can get the barrel cleaning on another podcast and I want to, um, cause I've done some trialing trials and seen some things that I want to talk about, but I scrubbed it to fucking bare metal. Um, I had a little bit of an issue with that barrel having, uh, I believe carbon from two different powders was the issue. I couldn't get my normal 
varget load to shoot well anymore because I had thrown 150 down it and I couldn't get the 150 to shoot because I had varget stacked on top of it, uh, you know, carbon buildup in the barrel. Um, no rings, it wasn't like pressure. It was just, hey, I think it's something too different, like types of carbon laid in that barrel in inaccuracy. But after scrubbing the dog shit at that barrel for two days, I, and letting it soak and scrub and soak and scrub, it literally is back to one hole and with one N150. So, and honestly, the N150, like powder charge, weight, and velocity, it's, it's pretty comparable to Varget. Now, as far as the kernels, now, Varget definitely meters way better than N150, um, no doubt. But, you know, basically, I was the exact same uh, charge uh, velocity with the same charge weights between the two powders. And I've got a gang of N150, so uh, I'm pretty excited about that. Uh, my plan is to finish out this barrel in N150 and then shoot the, the new one that I've got getting broke in. Um, I'm going to shoot that with N150 as well. And then keep my Varget and my uh, 8208 that I have left. Keep that for 223 stuff. Because that just looks so much fun to, to shoot. Especially in an AI. Uh, it's not supposed to. <laughs> and, and it works. So I'm pretty excited about that. Um, anyway, what else do I got? Uh, do, 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 do. Um, I, need to, I need to nail down some matches. Because I'm starting to itch. I need to I need to shoot some matches and I've got the big rock coming up next month um, I've got uh, other things on weekends and I, I just like this weekend I'm supposed to be take go with the family down the river um, and all that jazz so there's a one day apparently up in Virginia that uh, CL might go shoot but um, I need to need to I need to make that happen sometime soon speaking of CL congrats to old bird dog couple weekends ago he went all by his lonesome uh to a one day at frontline and got his first trophy he got second place he fucking dropped i think seven seven or eight shots the whole day pulled out second place um that's while roing and shooting and uh he just had a i mean he just he told me he said david i saw everything it was like i was <laughs> like the the line from uh Step Brothers was like i felt like i was hovering over my own body and that's that's he said that he could just he saw every bullet he did not there wasn't a one that disappeared on him he watched it from the muzzle all the way to the target and um you know he he had a, a great day of shooting and he's just progressively gotten better every time out without shooting in between like his practice has been matches and every match in the past like four matches he's just done better and better and better he's really finding his stride um and i'm i'm proud as i can be of him and uh yeah so congrats to old bird dog uh chris way as i don't know if i mentioned it um when uh, well, I had him on, but he's gonna come and stay and shoot with me the um, Road to Redemption match in September. So I'm excited about having Chris come out. He he's excited to do some East Coast stuff, and 
Um, I think we're going to have a good time. Obviously, we'll be recording some podcasts together uh, doing that. And uh, But, yeah, I, I believe I covered everything that I wanted to cover. I'm surprised that I was able to get through this podcast without having phone interruptions. Um, my phone's going to be blowing up all day today. But I will, I, I, I literally told my wife today, I said, Courtney, I need you to look at our calendar. And I need you to list to me every Sunday that we don't have something planned so that I can coordinate that with Andy Slade so I can go up there, do a private uh, training session with him at Pig River and then do uh, then do an in-person podcast because that is going to be a fucking killer podcast. Um, like we already know, we've already done the podcast basically, we just weren't recording. So I, we know everything that we're going to cover and hit, it's going to be awesome. Still going to get maybe uh, next week during the week I can get a hold of the uh, PRS UK guys to do. I'm sure they're listening today and uh, I'm still going to get them on. And I'm going to see if I can't get them nailed down for next week. So, uh, hey, sorry for the delay and the little hiatus, but I'm going to give you guys something to chew on today and uh, to hold you over until the next podcast. So, as always, thanks for the support, and uh, still got some t-shirts available um, of a few sizes. All the green ones, all the OD green ones are gone, so I've got a few white. I believe i got a few white, and then I've got uh, the like sand or desert tan color of a few sizes, and thanks to all the people who bought t-shirts, I've sold a ton, and I really appreciate the, the support, guys. Um, but yeah, I just, I like you guys having cool t-shirts and, uh, and also just getting the logo out there. So, uh, I'm throwing koozies and stickers in there with a t-shirt. So you're getting, I wasn't planning on doing that when I got these, but I'm saying, fuck it. I'm all, I'm just going to send it with a sticker and a koozie. So catch you guys on the flip. Hope you enjoyed it.